Have a dope day. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are God's blessed, highly favored, fearfully and wonderfully made people doing today? I'll tell you how we're doing. We're focused. We're determined. We're Holy Spirit filled disciples of Christ, right? Amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm glad to be here with you today again. Last week, we started looking at what it means to be a disciple. So, of course, you know, I started talking last week and didn't get to finish. And not that that's a bad thing. See, that's what I wanted to talk about, too. A lot of times, and this is something that even God is teaching me. 
a lot of times when he gives me topics to discuss with you guys, I put it together and I present it. But sometimes if I'm not able to get through the entire topic, what I have been learning and what I feel the Holy Spirit is telling me is that's not something he wants you to rush through. That's something that he wants you to take your time and talk about because it's something that he wants all the listeners to get down into their spirit. See, a lot of times in the world, and even now with everything being fast paced, everything is microwave living. You know what I mean? Two minutes, boom, bang, it's done. If you put it on two minutes and 10 seconds, it'll burn. Things of that nature. You know how popcorn is? And I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but I don't even like popcorn. But have you ever made popcorn in the microwave? That is, oh, it's that sweet spot that for whatever reason, you really can't ever remember the next time you go to make the popcorn and it either burns or it's just there's kernels left in the bottom. Because that's the society we work in or that we live in, that we exist in. Everything has to be done quickly. Whereas back in the day, we used to put the oil in the pot, put the kernels in the pot, keep the lid on it. And I remember me and my brother, we would be standing there waiting to hear it pop because, you know, they'd be shaking it. You hear that the kernel shaking, they'd be shaking the pot back and forth. And then you just hear it start popping until, you know, the heat got to it. But I say all that to say there's topics that if I don't finish it and I have to go on to the next week with it, I always feel like, oh, I didn't get through the show. But no, I did get through the show because everything that I needed to say for that show and for those particular listeners, it was said. Now, if it's still that what I wrote down and studied, I didn't get through it, then that just means he wants me to take my time with it because that is saying to me and for me to tell you guys, this is something he wants you to pay attention to. This is not something he wants you to just hear and gloss over and be like, oh, yeah, I got it. No, you didn't really get it, obviously, because he has me talking about it again, but not talking about it like I'm repeating the show again, but it's the the topic that he wants me to continue to discuss so that everybody has a clear understanding of what it is he expects of them. Because at the end, like we always say, nobody's going to be able to stand and tell him, well, I didn't know. Yeah, you did know. Yes, you did. Now, whether you listened and paid attention to, that's another story. But the fact that it was given to you and you heard it, yes, you knew. So we're going to continue talking about what it means to be a disciple today, because that's where we're at right now. You know, he has been building the foundation from when we started this year to be prepared, because this is the year that we're going to take territory. This is the year that God really wants us to step up and be who we say we are are. So what makes a disciple or what makes a great disciple or a mediocre disciple, just a disciple in general, however you want to categorize it, what makes one? Now, a disciple is one who, of course, is a follower of Jesus. We know that. But Webster tells us that a disciple is one who is a student, right? And a great disciple would be one who is more than a student. A great disciple would be a person who takes everything that they've learned and applies it to their life. 
And it isn't that what we learn, we don't apply it, but when we actually think about it and we we make up our mind that, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and we incorporate it in our everyday living, that's what being a disciple is all about. Applying what we learned from the teachings of Jesus Christ and spreading our knowledge to others so that they too can become disciples. And we become true disciples when we become aware that we can't do anything without the help of God. We can't do anything without Christ Jesus when we definitely can't do anything without the help of the Holy Spirit. And when we realize that we're not in control and there's nothing in our capacity that we can do on our own because our capacity has limits on it, right? God is limitless. And when we finally get that understanding that he's in control and we come to the realization that all those facts exist, that's when we can say that, "Mm -hmm, I'm a mature disciple walking in my calling. And second Peter tells us that as well. Second Peter one and three, and I'm going to read this from the amplified version because he tells us that all this is done by divine power. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. Though true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. So that sounds like a lot right there. But what he's saying is, When we're called by him, which we were from the beginning of the world, he bestowed upon us everything that we needed for life and godliness. And that is what we need to understand. So when we understand that when we're born here, we have everything we need. We have everything we need to exist in life, to live our life to the fullest and to be godly. You wouldn't think so, right? You wouldn't think so because a lot of times it's not till we come to some type of understanding and that's because of the sin that entered the world. So we get cluttered with everything else. And then when we recognize that Christ died for us, that's when all those other layers of the world start shedding off of us. And that's when we can get back to our true nature, our true being of how God created us to be. And the fact that all of us, all of us here are all one body, right? We just have different parts to play. We discussed this as well. Each of us comes here with our own unique gifts, our own unique understanding of how to bring that gift. And now you might have a gift that Someone else has too. Ooh, I have the gift of healing. It could be a million people that have the gift of healing, but you know what? Everybody's gift of healing is a different type of gift of healing because the Holy Spirit is going to use each individual as God created them to use it. It might be some that can just speak a word 
and heal. Just the sound of their voice would heal. Some might have to lay hands on just someone as you like when babies get sick and you rub their heads or you just put your hand on their head if they have a fever and you're just touching their face or you're just touching that right there. Someone could have the gift of just touching and they can heal. So although he gives us each gifts and it might be similar You don't have to worry about that. Oh, they already have that. So I can't do it or I want to be like theirs. I wish I had their. No, everyone comes with their own. Like we all have our own DNA. Just think about that. Think about. And that's where it's mind blowing again. Just think about the fact that each one of us as individuals, there is no one that has the exact same DNA as you. Now, I'm going to say something. They don't have the exact same DNA as you from naturally being born. But now that they're doing crap in the in the labs, yeah, they're probably mixing up stuff to create DNA to replicate. But we're not talking about what they're replicating because everything that they're doing is copying what the creator does as an original. I'm saying everyone born into this world, no one has the exact same DNA. Even twins, identical twins do not have the exact same DNA. Isn't that awesome? So when you think about it, how God took the time to create each and every one of us to be specifically designed the way he wanted us to operate, Why would we not want to nurture and understand who we are so that we could bring forth the best person that he's created? The best person that he's created. No one can be you. No one. Could I say that again? No one. Sometimes it's even hard for you to be you. Imagine that. You who are you has has a problem being you. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. Right. And that's a concept that the modern day church has to embrace. Right. Because we still we are still divided. With color lines, cultural lines, language, economic and any other line you want to put in there. And with this being Black History Month, yes, I'm going to say it again, although, okay, let me just put it this way. There has been, and I've noticed it since the pandemic, and in the pandemic, I will say a lot of things were brought to the forefront for people to understand this is what was going on, even though it was always going on. It's just that everyone wasn't aware that it was going on. But in the pandemic, since everyone had to stop, it made you realize, oh, wow, that was happening. You started to you started to see things differently. You started to understand things differently. So it gave you an opportunity to really sit back and be like, wow, I didn't realize all this was happening because everything was moving around at the same time. So when you think about the church. It's the same thing. We noticed that even though we knew it from before, but nobody really paid it any attention because it was like, so what? But when there was no one going out to church, 
yeah, anybody was happy to see anyone that wanted to return to their church, right? But what God is telling us now is the division that has been brought on in the church came from the world. It came from the world. So God is like, okay, if I'm calling my people back to me, and if I want them to do what I want them to do, because let me not, let me just not make it seem like it's today the modern, the, the church as after Acts, when the Holy Spirit fell, the church that Christ knows as his bride that he's coming back for. No, this is, this was happening when Christ came. Because when he came, the early Jews, they still didn't even want to accept him. They refused to accept Christ. They refused to accept the fact that he was God's son. They wanted a Messiah. They were looking for a Messiah, yes, but they wanted a Messiah that came in a package that worked for them. They wanted a Messiah to come and overthrow the Roman Empire because they felt that, oh, they were being mistreated. You know, why is this happening to us? They didn't want a Messiah that came to heal the sick and to do for the poor and give comfort and peace to those who are brokenhearted and downtrodden. They didn't want that. And they especially didn't want him to do it among people who weren't Jewish. How dare he? First of all, he's coming here and he's talking to people, although they're Jews, but that's not the Jews we want to associate with. Yeah, they, they're Jews, but we don't want to be bothered with them. So here it goes. He He's being... He's teaching those who the ones in the synagogue didn't want to have anything to do with. So that already was a strike against him. And then, oh, my gosh, he has the nerve to be talking to somebody who's not a Jew. We don't even associate with those people. Why is he talking to them? So could you imagine this was going on back then? Right. And that's why Christ had to be like, look, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is why I came. I came here to bring unity between all of you and everyone else that's here in the world. So if they were suffering with that back then, you know what we're suffering with now. You know what we're suffering with. And because Christ came to show them, to show the Jewish people how they could follow, right? How they should obey because the Jewish people were chosen by God to be the the he to be the standard. They were chosen to be the standard to show everyone else in the world look at what God can do when you trust and obey him. Right? When you worship him in everything. This is what can happen in your life. But they didn't do that. They took it as, mm, we're blessed, we're keeping it to ourselves, and as, as many as that is among us, if we could take yours too, we're going to do that. That's what we're going to do. We're going to take yours, keep ours, make sure you don't get any more, and definitely don't tell them anything about it. Are you kidding me? Why are you going to tell them? But that's what everything has turned out to be now, modern day church, right? So the Jews back then, they started following idols. They started worshiping other gods. And that's not what God wanted them to do. So in order for them to be reconciled back to God and then the world to be reconciled back to God, 
Christ had to come to fulfill the law. He had to show everyone throughout the land who God was and also tell them who he was. Right. And that would that made a lot of people unhappy. They only wanted, like I said, certain people to receive certain things. And that's what the church of today is doing. Only let certain people receive certain things. And we're only going to give them a little bit and only allow them to get a little bit. And so we all are now living in this religious box of legalism, right? Being judgmental. We're better than them because we don't do this because we do. We dress like that because we call ourselves this because our music sound like this. And if they play music like that, they're really not worshiping God. And if they worship God too long and they don't speak any scriptures, then are they really worshiping or are they in their party? And you know, it's like, stop. It's like, just stop. Right. And Ephesians 2, 8 tells us because for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. So it's grace that allows us to say, there before the grace of God go I. I used to act like that. But it's the grace of God that has changed my mindset that I no longer act like that. Because when you think about it, it reminds me of the story of the wheat and the tares. And I always say this as an example. Like if I'm talking in a conversation with people, because it always it, it always comes to my mind. It's the story from Matthew 13, where Jesus was telling about the the parable of the wheat and the tares. There was a um, there was a what do you call it? a farmer, and he planted wheat, right? But then the enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat. So as they started growing, you saw the wheat growing, but you saw the weeds growing. And they looked alike. So when the the farmer's workers said, look, you know, there's weeds here and we planted seed. Should we go in and pluck the weeds out? But the farmer told them no, because in plucking out the weed, because they were so intertwined, you might be plucking out wheat as well. He said, no, let them grow together. And when it's time for harvest, that's when we'll separate what the the wheat is because we'll put that in the barn to be sifted to make the flour and the weeds will be bundled and burned. So that parable, Christ was actually telling them right now in the church, we have, we have tares. You sit next to people who are tares, meaning they're there. They're there. They look like you. They dress like you. They're dressed in their Sunday best. They praise and sing songs. They tithe. They go to ch- they're on church committees. They're there for show, right? As if they really love God. But do they really love God, right? Because they're not walking according to the spirit, allowing their lives to produce fruit. And that's how you know who's really a wheat and who's a tear. By the fruits that they exhibit, right? And some might, some might look at it as, oh, well, how are you going to say that this person is not of, I'm not saying anything. I'm telling you what Christ said. I'm telling you. So although you have people that look as though they're doing so much and they're so godly and they're so, and I'm not even saying in your church, I'm talking about people that we look at every day that we're like, oh, 
they're so, you know, they give to all these different charities and they're so, you know, they just love people with all their hearts and they just do well for, mm. in the end day, we're going to really see who's who. We're going to really see what they were really all about, right? Because if they're not ambassadors for Christ, like 2 Corinthians tells us, if they're not ambassadors for Christ that are out there spreading the gospel of Christ, because I do a charitable act that resembles something of Christ, does that make me a disciple? Does that make me Christ-like? And I'm not judging anybody. I'm not judging. I'm just posing the question out there because there are a lot of people that we do put up on pedestals, even in the church. There are people that we put up on pedestals. Oh, I just love the way they bring the word. And But are they really bringing the word? And are they teaching it like Christ taught it? And that's just something for you to think about. That's something for you yourself to think about. And when I give you these things and I t- and we talk about these topics, I'm not saying this is the way you're supposed to do it. I'm just presenting to you information so that it gives you something to think about. So that's something for you to take back to your Holy Spirit and be like, oh, okay, what does she mean by that? Or, wow, that crossed my mind and now she's talking about it? Hmm, maybe there is something more to, maybe there is something that God wants me to understand about this that came across my spirit, about this situation or about what I heard. And I'm not saying go into a rabbit hole with all these conspiracy theories, no. But if God has placed something in your spirit and then you hear it from someone else who speaks of things in a godly manner, using scripture to back up what they're saying, then maybe God is telling you, mm, maybe I need to go to that book and read it and get a true understanding of what it is he's telling me in my life. Something I may walk through that I need to be, I'm, I need to be aware of. Because it doesn't even have to be on a, a big level as, as a celebrity. He could just be trying to warn you about someone that you might go to lunch with every day. He might be trying to warn you about the group of people that you sit in in your book club. You know what I mean? I don't know on what level he's giving you your revelation. We only know when we're doing our walk. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe that is something I need to think about. Maybe that is something I need to now dive deeper into. Maybe I need to pull back hanging out all the time just because they call me and I want to be a part of. Maybe it's not for me to be a part of. And I'm not saying that God is totally pruning them from your life. But maybe he doesn't want you to spend as much time with them because even though you might be discussing the gospel, even though you might be talking scriptures, are you learning the scriptures for yourself or are you just hearing what they have to say, their interpretation, what their understanding of the scripture was? Or are you going to read that scripture and get the understanding that God wants the scripture to have for you? Like there's a general, there's a general understanding of the scripture, yes, but what is God trying to show you in this season about that scripture and how you need to apply it to your life? Because, like I said, 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to read it exactly 
because when I said it, I paraphrased it, but I'm going to read it exactly. Second Corinthians 520. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So that right there is saying to me, God puts us here. He expects us to carry out things in a certain manner. And through us, God has us with the help of the Holy Spirit pleading on Christ's behalf because he's died for our sins and rose again. He's pleading through us to those who haven't haven't been recognized back to Christ, haven't been, you know, reconciled back to God. He's using us as ambassadors to bring those people in. He's using us to be disciples. So he wants us to humble ourselves because he's looking for us to be those disciples. And with that, I think it's time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like.
mighty rushing wind Till you're my one desire We welcome you in Cause we're ready for you We're waiting for you We're ready for you To feel the room, feel the room We're ready for you We're waiting for you We're ready for you Come feel the room, feel the room Let it flow like water
his presence, mounting up on wings like an eagle. Glory heavy, so I gotta let go of my eagle. Got the Holy Spirit and we go wherever he goes. That is my amigo, yeah, 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 yeah. In his presence, mounting up on wings like an eagle. Glory heavy, so I gotta let go of my eagle. Got the Holy Spirit and we go wherever he That is my amigo. Mountain up on wings like an eagle. Glory heavy, so I gotta let go of my eagle. Got the Holy Spirit and we go wherever. Eagle. That is my amigo. Yeah, 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 yeah. In his presence, mountain up on wings like an eagle. Glory heavy, so I gotta let go of my eagle. Got the Holy Spirit and we go wherever. That is my amigo. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. But before we get into Op-Ed, we're going to go over our musical selections. Of course, you know we opened up Top of the Hour with Making Changes by Grace. We then heard from He That Dwells by Transformation Worship, followed by Michael Bethany with Fill the Room. And the last song that we heard was Eagle by Transformation Worship as well. So you notice that there was the theme in that song, the theme in all those songs that I played, they were talking about the Holy Spirit. And that's what 
we are going to need in order for us to be true disciples. We have, the, like I said before, we have this Holy Spirit within us. We don't have to wait like they waited in the upper room for it to come down upon them because Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Once the Holy Spirit comes, you'll then have your power to go out and be disciples as I have taught you to be. We don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit anymore. When Christ died on the cross, the Holy Spirit was given to us because he said, I was going to send you a comforter who was going to lead you into everything and remind you of everything that I had taught to you. So once you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit within you automatically. So that gives you the power. And it's when you call upon that Holy Spirit, when you listen to that Holy Spirit, when you when you have a relationship also with the Holy Spirit, because it's with you all the time, that's when you can go out and teach what you've learned through reading your word, through having your relationship, through fasting and praying and whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you. That's how God is speaking to you through your Holy Spirit, right? So we make decisions based upon how we feel, about how we feel, about how it's going to make others feel, about how others feel about us. And that's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to learn how to walk by his will, by what the spirit is telling you to do. That's the way God wants us to walk, right? And like I always say, this is not an easy walk. It's not an easy walk, but it's a sweet walk. And I know it's funny. I used to hear people say that. Oh, it's such a sweet walk. And I was like, how could it be sweet if I'm always upset or if I'm always anxious or if I'm always. But if you find that. If you if you're living a Christian life and you're always feeling anxious or always feeling, you know, agitated or that's because you're not really truly in being a Christian. And I can say that. I can say that because I know from my own walk, and yes, everybody's walk is different, but the one thing that we that we all have in common is when we're trying to be on both sides at the same time, you're going to have frustration. That's a given. When you're trying to be on both sides, when you're trying to be in the world and in Christ, you're going to be frustrated because you're constantly battling between yourself. Oh, I want to be like this, but I want to do this. Oh, oh, if I do this, oh, I feel guilty if I do that. Oh, oh, if I did that, oh, now all this shame is... No, who has... That right there is going to cause you to be crazy. That right there is going to make you say, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And most times people say, oh, I can't do this anymore. And they go towards the world side. Why? Because it's easier. Because it's easier to be in the world. So they think it's easier to be in the world than to follow what Christ has to say. Because when you say you're a Christian and you live a certain way, people are going to look at you differently. They're going to look at you differently. They're going to, you know, act differently or make certain things, you know, say certain things around you. But they should. And see, we look at that if they're treating us differently or looking at us differently. We look at that as, I don't want them to look at me differently. I want to look, I want to be looked at like everybody else is looked like. No, you don't. You don't want to be looked at like everybody else is looked at. Because, I'm going to tell you why. Because Christ said he came to bring division. 
He came here to bring division. Yes, he came to fulfill the laws because he knew that we couldn't fulfill them as humans. Yes, he did come here so that he can reconcile us back because he became that sacrifice, the final sacrifice for us. But he also came to bring division. Luke 12, 51. And this is from the Amplified. Do you suppose that I came to grant peace on earth? No, I tell you but rather division between believers and unbelievers. Division between those who accept him because he's bridged that gap and created that reconciliation that we needed to God and to those who do not. His main objective was to unify all lost souls back to his father. So, When people look at you differently, when people feel, oh, she just thinks she, or what makes her think she, or how come he think he, whenever anything starts out like that, and you know you're doing the right thing, that's exactly what Christ wanted to happen. That's exactly what he wanted to happen. And that's how you know, okay, well, yeah, I must be doing something right. Because it's causing, it's causing a disruption in the atmosphere, right? But Paul also reminded us that some Christians will walk around and not, well, let's put it this way. Some people will walk around professing Christ, but not really be for Christ. Philippians 1, 15 through 18. Some preach from envy and strife and some also from goodwill. Supposing to add affliction to my chains, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes, and will rejoice. So what Paul is saying is you have some little walk around. People you associate with. And, you know, I always keep it to somebody that's right there next to you. It don't have to be somebody that you're looking at on television, although they exist there, too. But I like to keep it right here where it's people that you buying coffee with in Starbucks every day or sitting down eating your McDonald's breakfast, whatever it is you do, that will, oh, yeah, God, whatever it is they're talking about. But what Paul is saying is that don't, it doesn't really mean that that's what they're about. It means that they could talk a good game because let's look, let's face it. The devil could talk a good game. He was right there. He was in heaven when he was in heaven with everybody else before he got kicked out. So you don't think he knows, you don't think he knows what goes on and what God is expecting or what God is looking for. Of course he knows that. That's why he came here and he's countering everything that God says. He's twisting everything around. He's changing the narrative so that we don't follow what God tells us to do what Christ has come here to show us that we could do. But Paul says in the end, he doesn't care because as long as you say Christ and you're preaching the gospel, if it wins souls, then he's happy. If it wins souls, then he's happy because that's all he wanted to do. All he wanted to do is bring more souls into the kingdom. So at the end of the day, we should care less what they say, because if they're talking about Christ and even if they're not living it, If it brings someone else to want to know Christ because they heard it, oh, wow, what are they talking about this Christ thing? Not that they're following their life, 
But if them just saying it makes somebody says, oh, well, what's this Christ thing that they're talking about? Then so be it. Right. Because our our job as disciples is to give people Jesus so that they can live an abundant life. Right. That's what we're here to do, to show people the goodness of God, because it's all about leading them back to God. So it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense that we give people what Christ has given us. We tell them about the goodness of the Lord. And most importantly, so that we can gain territory. And that's why Christ coming back made this so simple for us. Because back then when they had laws to follow and, oh, they were messing up here and couldn't get this right and how many turtle doves did it take because I slapped them? You know what I'm saying? No, it wasn't two turtle doves. You slapped them twice. So now it's 10 turtle doves. Who knew? Who could, especially if you weren't good at math, who could keep track of all that? But because Christ came, he's like, mm, my one getting on that cross, shedding my blood, rising again in the third day, going back to my father, conquering death, all that. I took care of all that for you. You don't have to even worry about that. I did that for you. The only thing I want you to be concerned with, love God first and foremost. And then love your neighbors like you love yourself. That's it. That's all you have to worry about. Love God. And it seems so simple when he says it like that, right? Love God and then love your neighbors like you love yourself. But when he says love God, don't just think, you know, when Jesus spoke, he might have said three words. But in those three words, it was volumes of books. It was volumes of knowledge. So when he said love God, what he was really saying was love God. But seek and see who he is. Find out what his character is about. Sit at his feet so that I could tell you. Everything that you need to know about my father, about me, read your word. Let me open up your eyes and your ears so that you understand what it is I'm trying to tell you. Ask me for wisdom so that you'll be able to break down everything that it is that you're hearing, seeing, feeling as you're walking through this life. You have the Holy Spirit there. Tap into the Holy Spirit because he knows about us, too. He was with us. He's part of the Trinity. So tap into that Holy Spirit that I put there in you to help you maneuver through this world. He said all that when he said, love God. Then when he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Don't be selfish. Are you selfish with yourself? Do you dislike yourself? Anything that you would do for yourself? He said, reciprocate. Reciprocate that and put it in your, your, your neighbors. But that includes just giving, you know, talking nice, accepting all those things. So in those two commandments that he gave us, so simple, but they were packed with so much that we have to do in those two. So that's the two things that we remember as being a disciple. Put God first in everything. God first in everything. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. And with that, I'm going to end op-ed.
Here we are. We're in our second, second Sunday, right? Yes, of the month. So, of course, you know, we have our word, which is fervent, having or displaying a passionate intensity. And that's how we're going to, we're going to incorporate that in being a disciple. Everything we're going to do, we're going to do it with passionate intensity, not just haphazard slap it on, you know, slap it on a plate and be happy. No. And our promise for the week is coming from Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. And when I say that, I want to say everyone have a wonderful rest of your day. Everyone enjoy the rest of your week. I do have a little bit of housekeeping here. They said on February 28th, they're having a shuffle music trivia all about love. It's going to take place in Brooklyn at the Star Bar on Wednesday, February 28th at 8 o'clock. If you want more information, you can go to the Shuffles Instagram page. It's at underscore the underscore shuffle underscore. Or you could go to Eventbrite and you can put the Shuffle Music Trivia and they'll give you the link to tickets and all the information you need. It's supposed to be an ultimate night of music and trivia. So if you like to play games, if you like music trivia, you can join Radio Free Brooklyn. They're hosting music trivia night at The Shuffle, which is going to be, or with The Shuffle. I guess it's The Shuffle is, I don't know. I guess The Shuffle is another entity like Radio Free Brooklyn. I'll get more information because I'm confused with this myself, but... In any event, go to the Shuffle's Instagram page. It's probably going to be up on our website as well to find out if you want to join them at the Star Bar on February February 28th at 8 o'clock. The tickets are only $5. So if you'd like to go out and hang out and do music trivia, this is a thing for you. And like I said, it's in Brooklyn, New York, because, hey, we're Radio Free Brooklyn. So, of course, it's going to be in Brooklyn. A duh. And with that, I say everyone have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. And may God shine his face, let his face shine upon you. May he keep you in perfect peace. May you be able to speak from your heart to those that you encounter, to spread love, to spread wisdom, and to be just a blessing to someone, right? Just be a blessing to someone. And until God brings us together again next week, peace.